This is the Lotox Life Podcast. If all the birds could fly right now, as high as me somehow, they could see all the things I've been dreaming of. These wings of mine flutter inside, they shimmy and they glide, breaking forth, crack the shell from this clockwork light. Hello and welcome to the Lotox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 216. I am thrilled to have uh, the guest that I have on today, uh, and you'll know that every now and then I select one of the truly pioneering, massive Lotox brands who are doing things on a global scale so we can look under the hood of their business, procurement, ethics, and how they maintain such a high standard uh, on such a large scale. And that brand is Walida, and today's guest is Annette Piperidis. She is the International Strategic Sourcing Coordinator at Walida, and uh, Annette is therefore basically responsible for ensuring that all the raw materials meet the company's high standard every step of the way. Uh, and it's not just a standard of the raw materials, but also the way that farms are run, uh, the economics of that farm, the way workers are looked after, a much bigger picture uh, is taken into account. Uh, as we always see with real low-tox brands. Anyone can whack a certified organic label on a product and, you know, chuck a, a whole bunch of nice green chemistry approved ingredients in there, but to truly affect change on a global scale or even on a tiny scale from one small corner of the world, uh, it really is about looking beyond just what's in the bottle and how it's farmed, how that leaves landscapes either in repair or disrepair, Um, how people are looked after in the community where that farm is, uh, the people who work on that farm, etc. So I'm a huge fan of Walida, as you guys know. Uh, We've had them as sponsors on the show over the years to help you make your low-tox swaps and discover a few new things. Uh, And uh, today really is just about starting to understand just how much goes into uh, producing a brand like Walida all around the world. Uh, so I'm looking forward to kicking into that conversation in just a little minute, but it is a new month, which means we have a new show supporter, supporter. Uh, and that is welcoming back Killer Pillar. That's K-I-L-L-A-P-I-L-L-A. And your offer this month is 15% off their wonderful pillows, both the adult size and the tweenager size, 8 to 12. Uh, your code is LOWTOXDECEMBER15 to get that 15% off and it's au to jump on their website. All the details are on the show notes on our website as well if you find that easier to click through from. But I'm really, really uh, excited to have them back. It is the kind of pillow that people have either said they've fallen in love with straight away, oh my gosh, I noticed my nervous system, uh, so much more relaxed, more deep sleep on my fitness tracker or Oura Ring or however you measure sleep, uh, straight away. And then there are some people who take a little bit longer to get used to it because it really is quite a different feel. 
the pillow has a hole in the middle uh, and the reason Todd uh, designed it this way. Todd is the creator of the uh, pillow. He's a chiropractor by trade, uh, is to have the correct spinal alignment, but to also have really good neck support. And you actually get these little extra pillows that you can insert into where your neck goes. If you prefer a higher profile or a lower profile, it makes it really beautiful and adaptable just to you. Uh, and, uh, and so I guess that's why some people like, you know, you, you find that they finally fall in love with it after a month of using it um, because of the the real difference in it. So persevere when you get it, just in case you're one of those people. I've seen the conversations in the Lotox alumni groups, our Lotox club members chat, and, um, and people have an aha experience a, a couple of weeks down the track and go, Oh, I get it now. And don't worry if you're not a back sleeper right now. The sides you can roll over onto your side on and it feels just like a normal uh, wool pillow. So Todd and his beautiful wife, Carolina, work together on this as a team. Todd from the structural design to uh, aid in having maximum spinal support and nervous system support. And Carolina in the design of what goes into making the pillow. Beautiful, got certified cotton, Australian unbleached wool. Every single little detail is respected in the production of this pillow from the materials to the health aspects. So I know you guys are going to love it and uh, I'm very excited to be able to offer you that 15% discount. Such a great thing to be able to give at Christmas time as well if you're looking for something really special for someone who's always had um, breathing problems or neck problems, back pain. It is 100% worth a shot to try this. I have witnessed miracles from many people reporting about the magic that happens when they get a killer pillar. So enjoy. And uh, it's obviously winding down in the year. We've just started a new month in the Lotox Club as well. And this month's theme is all about uh, wasting less, using less, getting planned and not feeling stressed in the lead up to holiday preparations, celebrations that you might be having around the world. And, uh, and so there's tons and tons of tips, advice, uh, and uh, support strategies in place and a wonderful bonus interview with uh, um, Sarah Rhodes, who is the founder of Plastic Free Southeast Asia, but has moved back home here to Australia, uh, talking about some of the super fantastic, simple things we can do to spend and waste a heck of a lot less around the holidays. Uh, so that's gone live in our Lotox Club. If you ever want to join, it's only $49 a year. And that's Australian, by the way. So if you're American or European, it's more like $29.30 USD or Euro. And uh, you jump in, you get 50% off all of our courses, you get the wonderful chat group in Facebook and your club member dash with an exclusive topic each month and a bonus interview on all sorts of different things that clubbers kind of vote basically to say, yeah, I want to hear more about this. I've got a ton of questions about that. And then I find someone and we go for it. So hopefully I see a few of you in there before, Chris before Christmas and I look forward to uh, welcoming you in the club and now look forward to hearing how you went with this wonderful conversation with Annette from Walida. Enjoy. Hello, Annette. How are you? 
Very good. Thank you. Hi, Alex. Hope you're doing well too. I am, thank you, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. It is always so exciting to bring inspiring stories of how people are changing the planet through business, and uh, we see that in all aspects of low-tox businesses, whether it be fashion, beauty, uh, uh, textiles, uh, so, so many different corners of the world, and, and what I love about Walida and what I have always loved is the pioneering spirit and the vision that started many, many decades ago uh, and uh, and yet now today still holding so true to that vision and those values. Um, I would love to start by asking how you personally became interested in where things come from, how they're produced, the impact on people and planet in that process. Was it something, were you always a curious child? Did you have parents who educated you in that area or was it something you learned a bit later? Um, to be honest with you, Alex, um, it started when I was a teenager and uh, one day on the TV news, there was at the very end a message about uh, an upcoming climate change um, yeah, caused by humans' behavior and what impact this will have for the future. And I was really, really shocked and that more or less was the starting point to open my eyes and look around um, what we are doing to this planet and um, that I'm part of it with my behavior. Mm. And from that moment on, um, yeah, it was it was really touching me so deeply. So that was, um, yeah, my main interest. I mean, how can we do things better? Um, what does it really take? I mean, of course, I was a teenager and not um, at the stage I'm at now, but still, it was really something that, yeah, follows me all my life. <laughs> mm, interesting. And so. From a business perspective uh, and education choices that you made, uh, was it something that started to become obvious to you that your personal power in making a difference was going to be through working with companies or in companies that uh, had the planet as one of their core values in terms of the health of it and a sense of responsibility towards it? Um of course, I always wanted to, to work for such companies, but um, it was not that easy to find a job um, mm -hmm. in in these companies. Um, but uh, in the end, I made it to um, be with Veleda, which is uh, the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. And, uh, and still in this world today, it is a yeah. very much a minority. Um, to to be a company that cares so deeply for the environment. So, yeah, it's like hitting the jackpot. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Mm. When I started and, with Veleda after um, two or three days, I said to my boss, this is the company um, I'm going to retire. I, I won't leave it. Wow. wow. And what was it that you saw in those first couple of days that made you make a call like that? Because that's huge. Um, yeah, it was uh, the difference I've seen in that company compared to all the other industries I've been to um, before. Mm -hmm. And I could really see that they are living what they 
cover vision, mission, philosophy, whatever you can read on a website about a company. But being there for two or three days, I could really feel that this is real there. It's not just something written on paper. Mm. And that's the difference, isn't it? Yeah. When someone is living their values, it's uh, a much more attractive thing to be around. Absolutely. Mm. And so you're now responsible for sourcing at Walida Global. So it's no small job. Um, with a brand as big as it is now, uh, I can't imagine it being a small task in terms of, uh, you know, where you find the kinds of quantities that you need and how you work with local communities to secure those quantities uh, that your logistics team are going to need to produce the product. What are some of the biggest challenges you face in your job? Um, so first of all, uh, let me say I'm not uh, responsible for sourcing. I'm responsible uh -huh. for sustainability in our supply chain. So sustainability yeah, yeah. in sourcing. So uh -huh. we have, of course, a sourcing team with uh, 30 people divided in all the different things a company is sourcing. And we're talking today about the raw material sourcing. And as you say, the volumes um, are partially quite big. Some mm -hmm. of them are as well small. And the challenges we're facing are um, related to, um, yes, of course, the quantities. Let's say um, if you need a very rare species of um, herb, which uh, doesn't grow or is almost extincted, then it's quite difficult to get even that small amount. And as well, if you look on the supplier side, um, how much business can they make if we buy two kilos every five years? That's not a business for them. So this is a challenge to really find the small volumes in this quality and with all the sustainability in the background that we require. But and you mentioned um, near extinction there sometimes. Do you see Walida's role as uh, reversing that situation as well? Yes, fully, fully. Mm. Because with the um, with the uh, standard of UABT, which is our sustainability sustainability standard for the raw materials, there is um, the first two criteria of the standard are protection and sustainable use of biodiversity. This means mm -hmm. if we look for that plant which is close to extinction, we don't just look on the acre where it's um, planted. We look around at the area where the supplier has to look around at the area. What about the biodiversity there? How is the soil doing? What about water bodies? What about um, other species? And is there invasive species? Do we need to implement something to have a healthy ecosystem where the plants we're sourcing are growing. Mm -hmm. That's and that is huge. And so then, what role do you guys play in uh, in that whole ecosystem? How involved do you get? Well, as we usually or whenever possible have um, long-term partnerships with our suppliers. We know as well their pre-suppliers. We go there and audit on the field, on the ground, and um, yeah, set up plans with the suppliers and their pre-suppliers how to implement what is needed. Gotcha. gotcha. 
And I can't imagine that would therefore be a short project. That would be really about forging a partnership that would then last many, many years. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Because and, as well, we think um, only long-term partnerships uh, really bring sustainability on the ground as well for the people involved and for um, yeah the biodiversity, the ecosystems. Yes. And, yes. and, and if, if you, you think about um, some of the greatest joys that you've witnessed in uh, ensuring true sustainability in that supply chain, um, when you think of any local projects that have really transformed, because I love reading the stories that I see in the annual report. Um, there have been some incredible things, and I'd love for you to share a personal favourite of yours in terms of the impact you get to make on not just producing a pretty product at the end that people love to use, but the impact on a whole community and a whole ecological system. Yeah, I can give you several examples, to be honest, but um, um, maybe one I can point out is um, in Mexico, our sesame. Um, yeah. We have um, a German trading company, which is working with a Mexican oil producer company. And um, we started collaborating with them. Um, it's now about 12 years ago, I think. And um, that oil company at that time did not have organic quality. So we talked to them and said, look, Veleda is um, always looking for organic. And um, so they converted, they talked to the farmers um, really in the middle of nowhere, um, asking them if they would be willing to convert to organic in order to produce the volume Veleda needs annually. And they did that. And then we did that UABT audit on the ground and we uh, discovered that, for instance, um, there is uh, no monitoring of biodiversity in the area and we requested that. And we discovered as well that during the harvest time, and it's quite hot and dry on those um, fields, there are many, many scorpions and, of course, people are uh, scared and there's a high risk to get a, a sting of a scorpion, uh, which can be quite dangerous because, as I said, it's uh, far away from the next city, so um, could be even mortal. So what we did, um, or what Veleda did and our German trading partner, we set up a little nursery in one of those villages close to the field and uh, they have there the anti-serum for scorpion stings. So a first aid is possible now for the people there. And at the same time, the um, Mexican oil producer company, they implemented a sustainability department, which they didn't have so far, and uh, did all that monitoring in the area and discovered that of these scorpions, um, quite a lot um, were um, at risk of extinction. So, oh, oh, wow. yeah, it was quite exciting. And as well, some trees which were left and dried um, along the fields, they discovered they are as well on the risk of extinction. And so they trained all the village people there or the farmers that they have to protect them and they have to uh, put the seeds in the ground and let more tree grow. And so people were even happy 
to get all that information because they didn't know. And if you talk then two years later to those people and they are happy that they learned that much about their own land, about their own species and uh, that they can do something to make the world a better place, this is uh, one of my greatest choice. That's that incredible. incredible. And, and for me, for me that, that shows a real spirit in empowerment and independence in local communities rather than just placing an order, getting your stock of whatever yeah. plant you need and uh, wiping your hands of any other responsibility to the local environment. You're actually change makers on a much broader scale. Uh, yeah. And it's one of the things I love because anyone can open up a shop that says, hey, I sell organic skincare and buy all their ingredients on the open market and bottle it and create a brand. But for me, the real magic uh, and the real power of being in business is this much broader effect that we can have on everything from soil health to uh, species extinction reversal to uh, plant extinction reversal. It's really, really magical. It's magical. And um, that was one of the reasons why we decided to go with the UBT standard, because it's really combining social aspects um, and uh, biodiversity um, aspects. And we thought it's the same holistic approach as um, Veleda has got. And it gives us really the ability to make our supply chains comparable in terms of sustainability. And we can really get engaged um, by yeah, reversing the bad things and really local development, um, happy people working in the supply chain, sharing benefits, all that is behind it and to really take responsibility. Mm. So can we unpack what the UEBT stands for? Sorry, could you repeat the question? I couldn't hear you. Yeah, of course. So UEBT is the standard you have chosen to go yeah. with. Can yeah. you tell us what those letters stand for and Absolutely. a little yeah. bit more about it? Yeah, the UEBT letters stand for the Union for Ethical Biotrade. And if you hear a biotrade, we're not talking in terms of organic, like bio is often called organic. It's more the bio that stands for life. So every living species. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking about animals or plants or so not minerals, of course. And um, uh, UBT was uh, started in 2008 from two people. The one working for the United Nations Conference on um, Biodiversity and mm -hmm. the other one from the United Nations on the uh, Conference on Trade and Development. And both um, were working on those topics of biodiversity protection and how to bring it really to the ground. But in the UN, it takes time until it, uh, it is um, converted into laws and legislations. And so they said, we take all these ideas and make a nonprofit association and bring it to companies that are willing to implement this much faster than a legal requirement can be put in place. Mm. And yeah. so UEBT seems to me to bring in multiple types of 
certifications, if you like, or yeah. uh, identifications of ways of doing business uh, from everything from organics to fair trade to uh, um, social impact on the ground and really rolls it all into one. Is that sort of right? Exactly. That's yeah. what we found, yeah. So, well, they do not really stand for organic. Of course, they are asking in their standard not to use um, pesticides or um, yeah, fertilize, chemical uh, synthetic fertilizers. But in the end, they are going for, yeah, healthy planet. Mm. We need more of that. And, um, and how has the uptake been since that... Um, classification has existed because it's quite recent right um well we started with UABT we became a member in 2010 mm -hmm. and at that time we really had to start to evaluate all our existing supply chains which were about 1000 wow yeah and did you not did you find anything that you thought oh that's not up to scratch yep um yeah. It was not that much, but we found, and I mean, of course, in the beginning, our suppliers were really not happy that we came up with all that because it's quite <laughs> challenging. Yeah, and it was another requirement we came up with. And But in the meantime, I can truly say uh, it helped Vileda a lot. We developed ourselves and our suppliers in the meanwhile are really, really very much engaged and go with us that path and understand uh, the standard better and uh, what it is good for. So they have themselves seen the benefit of using that standard to improve things. And mm -hmm. many of them even themselves became a member of UBT in the meanwhile. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Yeah. And, um, I guess something that people just love to hear about is these places. And you gave that beautiful example of the sesame in Mexico. Um, yes. What are some other places that you guys source ingredients from as a company? Uh, I know um, you are stronger in the area of creating partnerships rather than owning the farms yourself. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. and, and for you as a company, is that about... Uh, empowerment and independence of local economy and local community around the world? Exactly. We want to have our partners all being independent because if Vileda would be doing bad, they would be doing bad too. Mm. And, yeah, we don't want that. So they should not be depending on Vileda. And we always um, enforce our suppliers and our partners to really have as well other customers for the same raw material so that they're not depending on what Veleda is doing. So you're really uh, instigating a sense of independence in, yeah. in that ship. Yeah. Amazing. So share a couple of, uh, of other stories of your raw materials. How about, um, can we talk about the, Ro the Romanian Wild Arnica partnership? Of course we can, and that's even a good example because um, before being a member of UABT, Vileda was always engaged in the supply chain. So wherever we have seen that there is a need to help the people or to help um, yeah, the biodiversity around, although not talking about biodiversity, we did that in own projects. 
So the Arnica is as well a species that was um, on risk of extinction and um, the WWF started a project in Romania in the Apuseni Mountains uh, to protect this area. And we mm -hmm. found there is quite a lot Arnica existing there. So we contacted uh, WWF and came into this project uh, with the University of Cluj, which is the closest city there. And um, we started with them setting up a company for sustainable wild collection of Arnica with the aim to really um, raise the amount of Arnica year by year. Not the amount we're sourcing, the amount that is growing there. Mm -hmm. And, and as someone who is passionate about Arnica, uh, I say thank you, as do all the Frenchies in my family. We use it for every time a child falls or someone slams their thumb in a door like my son did a couple of days ago. Quick, get the Arnica. It is, uh, it is a religion for us. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Glad to hear that. Yeah, no, the project is really, really um, one of our very nicest and long most long-term projects we're running and um, it really developed so good and we did so many things in that area like um, first of all people did not know how to dry um, such plants so we built drying racks and drying houses we um, bought cars uh, for transport because you have to imagine it's a really wide area and people are walking there for hours, picking those little flowers into bags. So the bags have to be picked up in order to have the fresh plant dried immediately, not leave it out there in the sun and in the heat. And um, mm -hmm. so all that education we gave them and the technical equipment we provided, this is um, nothing which we want to have them um, by reduced prices or so. It's something we're giving because we want to have the people setting up a business that's running so they have an income, so there is local development and so they can use it as well for other species that are growing there in order to make more business. Mm. And really, um, it, it's it's not a it's not a handout in the end because it also benefits you by securing exactly. your supply chain. Exactly. We have those this excellent quality and and of course we if other customers um, would buy from them, which I hope some do, I don't know. Um, but anyhow, we will get our volumes and we um, yeah, whenever there is something to discuss, they are as well like partners, they raise points, they bring up things, they um, they are critical too, which is fully okay. And uh, this is something that brings us forward and um, builds up a real good relationship. Wonderful. And let me think of another raw material that I love. Yeah. Uh, I use so many of your different products. I love the wild rose. Can we talk about wild rose and where that comes from? Yeah, we have wild rose from um, Morocco. Mm -hmm. And in Morocco, it is a very nice project as well, because um, the wild roses we're harvesting are not um, fields um, where you cultivate roses. Uh, it's rather the fence of fields. 
So the wild rose bushes build the fences of fields where different crops are growing. Gotcha. Uh, so this is a part of, um, or you could really say it's it's like, uh, yeah, bringing more biodiversity into agriculture because with these roses as being fences, this is a place for birds to live in, for bees, for yeah, any other species. Mm. And again, it seems to me it's as much about securing your own supply chain as it is about securing the health of that space on our planet. Um, it's both. I mean, mm -hmm. we we want to have it both because without securing uh, the planet, without securing um, healthy soils, water, without um, taking care of people, uh, there would be no future for none of us. Mm. And do you have any thoughts on how we can get more businesses to operate this way? <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, that's a really good question. I <laughs> wish I had the solution, but in the end, it's really a question of if um, executives do have a strong commitment to sustainability. I think okay. it's um, as well important to, yeah, to see investments are people are often saying your oh, sustainability costs a lot of money it may cost yeah it there is cost of course there is cost but in the end uh, companies should see it as an investment into their own future as a company because if there are no more raw materials there is no more business they can do yes exactly and we really have to think with a long game and it yeah. doesn't feel like our world is wired to think with the long game in mind. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And I mean, laws and legislations will help as well. There are some on the way now, but still, I think it's, it's all of us have to work together. Is it the consumer, the business, um, the politicians? So we all really have to take our responsibilities and, yeah, take care for this planet. Mm. And can you share a project where uh, soil uh, repair and regeneration has been a focus for yep. the leader working with a local economy, uh, with a local um, supplier? Yeah, that's um, one of our suppliers in uh, Germany. Mm -hmm. And he is... Um, fully convinced of organic farming and uh, he investigated all his life on what he can do in order to build up soil by um, cultivating um, herbs. And, uh -huh. he, and he did a really, really great job. We just did a study there and this even proves that, um, yeah, he, he builds up soil. and. He has and such a cool system of uh, crop rotation that um, benefits all the um, yeah microorganisms in the soil, and it's fantastic. So yeah, this How is And and so these herbs that he's growing, is is there anything specific that he's doing to build the topsoil um, with the herbs? Uh, Honestly, I don't know. I know that the crop rotation system he's doing is mm -hmm. uh, one of the main triggers. 
Ah, okay. That's how he's doing it. Great. Um, that's exciting. And what are the herbs that you guys uh, buy from him? Oh, it's um, rosemary. It's um, viola. There are many, many, but um, honestly, I don't have them on the top of my head at the moment. That's okay. okay. I'll just think of him when I use my rosemary hair tonic tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Um, something I wanted to ask you, Annette, because this is obviously a, a huge part of being a business your size, is yeah. transporting these goods all around uh, in safe packaging that's going to keep the product fresh and, uh, and you know, sometimes that involves plastic and obviously transportation of sometimes involves pet petroleum. Uh, how do, does a company your size... Um, you know, how do we reconcile those transportation impacts? And is it uh, is it something that plays on your minds a lot? What what is what is the thinking at the moment around that? Yeah, thank you. That's a very good question, and uh, this always gives us quite a lot of headaches because mm. uh, yeah, of course. So let me first start with plastic. No, for transportation, no plastic, and um, we have. Uh, yeah, refill containers to use. And um, so there's quite a, a lot of other options and we have clear um, yeah, descriptions of what the packaging has to be for each and every raw material we're using. But mm -hmm. if you talk about the transport, yes, that's of course an issue. But on the other hand side, if we would not source worldwide, if we would say, only local. Then um, you could forget about the arnica, the sesame, the wild rose and so on because and many many more plants which would not even grow in our climate zone mm -hmm. and at the same time the positive impact we're talking about like on people on biodiversity in the cultivating areas which are rural areas uh, and there's hardly any other income this would be lost at that moment. So yes it's uh, of course we're working with our suppliers to say look uh, nowadays there's even green logistics and electric cars instead of diesel and so we're trying to improve that but um, in the end um, yes it's it's a lot we still have to do there's still many things and it, it's always on our minds mm. and I think there are some amazing innovations we're starting to see carbon neutral transportation yep. companies investing in green energy and diversification yep. exactly. for, away from fossil fuels. So there's some really interesting stuff happening. And I think it was David Suzuki's website that I remember reading uh, and I will dig it up and pop it in the show notes for people because I think it's quite interesting that most of the impact a product has is before it leaves the farm gate. And so if the most amount of impact you're having is before your product leaves the farm gate, then that is huge, uh, especially if it's having such a positive, positive impact as yours is. Yeah, um, that's our idea as well, yeah. So I have one more question for you, Annette, and it's kind of a, a, a romantic question about Rudolf Steiner, one of the founders of The Leader. And I would love for you to picture him looking around at, 
you know, you know, popping his head over your shoulder as you work on sustainability through the supply chain, visiting one of the partner farms in Mexico, M Romania. And he's looking around and seeing these beautiful packages. He's seeing skin food still exists today. I bet he'd be pretty excited about that. I love skin food. Um, what do you think some of his thoughts might be? Um, to be honest with you, um, I think or I hope <laughs> he would be proud. He would be really proud about um, that the idea he had hundred years ago was so visionary and is even more applicable a hundred years later and that there's a company that is carrying on this vision by doing that business. Yeah. Um, it's pretty special. It's quite special. And um, I mean, for those who don't know his vision, um, it is a company that is at the service of human beings and the world as a whole, producing products which are intended to support all people in their personal development, in maintaining, promoting, and restoring their health efforts to achieve well being and a balanced lifestyle. Well, it definitely seems to me that you guys are carrying his founding uh, mission statement. Um, it's been an absolute joy to speak with you today, Annette, and look under the hood of one of the biggest low-tox brands globally and how you do things. Uh, thank you so much for sharing those beautiful stories of some of the special partnerships you have and for the work you do and will no doubt continue to do until you retire because you're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Alex. It was really my pleasure and uh, thanks for the opportunity to talk about all these important topics. You're very welcome. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. And I want to remind you that you can come join me on social on Instagram at Lotox Life or one word or my personal Instagram uh, at underscore Alex with two X's Stuart S-T-U-A-R-T. On Facebook, you can find us at Lotox Life uh, and of course, lotoxlife.com. And if you want additional support and community around leading a Lotox Life, I can't recommend a better thing to do than to come join us at the Low Tox Club for just $49 Australian per year, which is about $29.30 US, about €27 and about £25. You get a stack of club member perks and the benefit of a beautiful private Facebook community. So check out the website, lotoxlife.com, hit the explore tab and you'll see join the Lotox Club as your very first option there. I hope to see you in there. If not, I will see you in our wider community sometime soon. Thanks again for tuning in.